Before we get started, everybody, I just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things such as streaming services in other countries. And if you use the GTD affiliate link, which can be found in all of our bios and on our website, gtdsports.com, you can sign up now for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee where you can save 70% on a $3.50 a month plan for up to three years. That's a killer deal. You can connect up to six devices simultaneously. It's available on whatever platform you use, Windows, iOS, everything. I use NordVPN myself, so I recommend you guys go and check it out at the affiliate link down in all of our bios. This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top drive. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. We are currently live on Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, all that good stuff for a Thursday episode. This is not our normal format. We uh, announced it last week. We're switching over to the Tuesday-Thursday format. So we got to get used to it. It feels weird. We're recording right now with daylight outside, which is not our cup of tea. We're not used to that yet. I'm using natural daylight right now. So we're getting used to this new schedule, as I'm sure you are, too. So bear with us as we figure out the exact timing and stuff like that going forward. But for now, make sure you guys check out our website, gtdsports.com, where you can find all of our content, blogs, and podcasts. Follow our Twitter. We are at, at gtd underscore sports, and our TikTok is at gtdsports.com. You can follow our personal accounts. I'm over at ryanbanel 8 and Elijah is at ElijahSpan19. Last but not least, if you want to subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter, that way you'll stay up to date with email notifications on all new podcast episodes and all that good stuff. We got a great episode planned today. It's not going to be as long as our normal ones now that we're at two twice a week. Um, but before we really get in, in, into anything, we want to start this week off or Thursday off a little bit different than we do Tuesdays now. Tuesdays, we're going to start every episode with our highlight, low light of the week, kind of give you a inside look into some of the personal aspects of our life and what we have going on. Whereas Thursdays, we're going back to the original starting. We're doing a Would You Rathers. So, Elijah, with that being said, I'm going to open the floor to you for the, uh, the Would You Rather questions. Okay. So, um, would you rather fight Conor McGregor or Jake Paul? Huh. That's a good question. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, bo- either way, you'd be making a shit ton of money, right? They're yeah, both money fights. Sure. So you're getting a bag just for getting your ass beat. Yeah. Uh, is this a boxing fight or an MMA fight? It's up to you. It's up to you. I kind of – I didn't even think about the money the money thing too. But, yeah, both guys, you're going to make – you're going to make your money. So if that's your issue. Um, so if you wanted – Conor Baker has box. So if you want to turn it into a boxing thing, then yeah. Or if you even wanted to, it could be street brawl. You could sucker Str- I think str- for the sake of the conversation, let's say street brawl. Like okay. against one of them. So okay. I feel like Connor would be a, a bit more lethal. Either way, mm. I'm getting my ass beat. So that's what I'm saying. I think I'd rather fight Jake Paul just because if I do in the slight chance land a punch or something, then like I was the guy that fucked up Jake Paul. You know what I mean? Like I was finally yeah. the one to do it. Which would yeah. never happen. But out of the two options, I think I'd rather fight Jake Paul just because the hatred. 
I don't know. Might feel yeah, weird. so that's that's what, what I was kind of thinking too is like I'd much rather hit Jake Paul in the face. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you're right. Like if I fight either of these guys, I'm going to get my ass beat no matter what. So why not? I'd rather get my ass beat by Conor McGregor than the guy that got his ass beat by Jake Paul. That's a lot cooler of a story. It is, like. yeah. It's just it like, is. You got your ass beat? It's like, dude, it's Conor McGregor. You're like, oh, that's kind of sick. But it's like, you got your ass beat? It's like, yeah, it was Jake Paul. It's like, why didn't you fuck him up? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like, even though he's beating Tyrone Woodley and everything now, <laughs> people still are just like, what the fuck, bro? It's Jake Paul. Yeah. It, that's a 50-50 one, honestly. Go McGregor. Go McGregor? That was, yeah, that's a coin flip, honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go ahead and take it. Mine isn't as exciting as that one, but it is in the theme of football now that it's starting up. So would you rather be the kicker that just missed a game-winning field goal? Everybody is so, you know, just upset, frustrated at you. Or would you rather be the quarterback that just threw a game-sealing interception whenever you were trying to have a game-winning drive? Oh, that's easy. Quarterback. All the way. Really? Really? Because if I'm the quarterback, odds are I'm going to have my job still the next week. Kicker, you're fucked. Like, think about Cody Parkey. That man can never enter Chicago safely ever again. That the door is that the that was he was the kicker for the doink, right? Yeah, the double doink. And the then think doink, about Russell yeah. Wilson. You know, it's like he's he's done fine since he does his Super Bowl losing interception. Like nobody I feel like ever. Though, with that, was that, that the situation in particular, that was the play call. Yeah, it was the play call. But like with the quarterback, you could be people could make excuses for you. You could be like, well. The receiver wasn't in the right positioning. It was kind of a poorly thrown ball. He was under pressure. The O-line didn't protect him very well. Like, you can kind of find ways to get out of it. Like, you're not going to you're not gonna get yanked right, right away. But if you lose that game, losing kick, like, your head is going to be on a spike, whatever city you're playing on. You're right. I think co- collegiate-wise, though, it, kickers aren't as interchangeable as uh, as they are in the NFL. Because you're right. They, kickers, if they miss a game-winning field goal, they can just be cut the next day. And it really – isn't too much sweat off the NFL organization's back. Whereas yeah. college though, that's their job, you know? Yeah. There's a starter for, he's the starter for a reason usually in college. I don't know. Well, in college they'll fucking, cause they'll have like four or five kickers on the roster. You know? That's true. Like, yeah. Sometimes like they'll even switch three. off who does kickoff, who does field goals and stuff. So like you could just lose your job doing kicks. Like I remember TCU at one point, we had a guy, we had Jonathan Song doing everything from like 45 and in. Yeah. Or 40 and in because he was automatic from them, but he just didn't have that strong of a leg. And we had a different guy for like farther. So I don't know. Like uh, then again, even in college too, I'd way rather be the quarterback. I think that's true. I think the fan reaction, because, you know, kicker, their job is literally to kick. And quarterbacks have so many, so many more responsibilities to think about and worry about. So yeah, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and agree with you on that and take okay. the kicker. Yeah, oh, I mean quarterback position. Sorry, not the kicker. Ah, yeah. Plus you can still right. get laid. That is true. As the, I mean, bro, I kicker. feel like if you're on a D1 team, no matter what position you are, bro, it's just so easy. That's true. Like, oh hey, yeah, I'm the kicker. I have a friend who's a fourth string punter, and he fourth was, string punter. Yeah. That's um, a title right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a good guy, too. And he, like, kept it low-key to himself, but we would always be, like, anytime he was with a girl um, at, like, the bars or something, we'd always be like, hey, he's on the football team. And then they would freak out, like, just from that. But he'd be like, why did you tell him every time? Because he was really – he was cool about it. But, um, yeah. 
I'm sure that would be kind of awkward too, because I guarantee as soon as somebody says it, that's all the girl's gonna want to ask about and stuff. Oh yeah. Do you know Duggan? <laughs> ah, that's funny, bro. Yeah. All right. Now we got mostly a football themed episode. We're gonna be doing a college football Mount Rushmore, which I'm really looking forward to. We're also gonna be taking you through some of our favorite bets. Yes, sports gambling is back on the podcast. We're going through the college football lines, giving you some of our favorite picks for this weekend. And then we're going to cap it off with love it or loathe it, as we always do. And, but before we do any of that, um, there's a developing situation right now in the NBA. NBA, uh, A lot's going on. A lot's up in the air. Uh, and this could honestly change the way that player and agent relationships are for the future of basketball, really. Um, so if you haven't heard, Nerland's Duel is suing Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. And if you don't know Rich Paul, he, he is a very famous agent in the nba he's representing guys agent. yeah like lebron carmelo uh, other big names um yeah he is the most famous agent in the nba and nerland's noel is taking him to court because uh he claims that paul cost him 58 million dollars in forfeited salaries after he declined a four-year 70 million dollar deal with the mavs in 2017 yeah so um i want to talk about this because like like you said this can change the player agent um, relationships in the NBA, but not only since it's Rich Paul and he is the biggest super agent in the NBA, hands down. He's the agent, yeah. He's the agent. Um, he could it could also change player agent relationships in all pro sports right now. Um, that is true, yeah. So this is something that, this is something that could be huge, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I think it's football season is coming up. But this is probably the last basketball we're going to talk for the foreseeable future. The next um, couple months, probably, yeah. For the yeah, at least till tip off. Um, but no, this is wild. Um, where it really gets interesting is so he was Nerlens Noel was represented by his original agent, and then he went to Ben Simmons' birthday party, and Rich Paul was there and was like, "Hey, I think you're a hundred million dollar man." And then Nerlens Noel was like, "Okay." And then signed a, a SPAC, which is like an agreement, player agent agreement mm-hmm. with him. And then um, he also fired his former agent. Happy. Yeah, fired his, yeah, fired his former agent. And then he told him to take a one year prove it deal, 4.1 million. And then he hurt his thumb. But where it gets interesting, after he hurt his thumb, it's seeming, it, from Nerlens Noel's perspective, Rich Paul lost interest in Nerlens, which is crazy. Like he stopped responding to phone calls. Um, he, he neglected him as a client. Um, I can't remember here. Let me pull this up real quick. But there was uh, one it, instance in particular where, um, after his, his, you know, that try that tryout year, essentially where he took the 4.1 minimum to go for the hundred million next, uh, during that year, after he got hurt and everything, he was struggling to find teams to sign with. So he ended up having to re-sign another one year minimum deal. And Noel's big problem with this whole thing is that once you get stuck at a minimum deal, it's so hard to climb out of that. And mm-hmm. during that transition where he was looking to get out of it, the 76ers were actually contacting Rich Paul. Yep. And Rich Paul refused to contact them back. And yep. that's pretty fucked up. I mean, he, he didn't even tell Nerlens Noel. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of you know player-agent relationships, but I feel like it's kind of weird, though, that the team didn't contact both of them. You know what I mean? No, I know enough from watching Entourage that, like, if you have an agent and you get a decent offer, 
of significance. Like you're supposed to tell your client no matter what. I mean, it was not only that, but they got uh, the Rockets and the Clippers also tried to discuss uh, opportunities with Nerlens with Paul, and Paul was just non-existent. Um, this is like inexcusable. This is crazy. Apparently, this is happening to some of his like other clients and, and um, another guy. I can't remember his name, but just players like that who were supposed to be really good but just didn't pan out, and he's just neglecting them, and it's kind of fucked up. And I wonder what the lawsuit is going to rule, and I wonder where it's going to take um, agent signings. I I think it's going to be in Noel's favor, probably, whatever happens. I don't know how exactly it's going to affect, you know, the agent signings for the future and whatnot. But, yeah, this shit's crazy. I mean, we talked about recently uh, Dennis Schroeder, how he kind of turned down a, a really big – it was, what, like $80 million or something. He turned it down because he thought he was worth 100 mil. Now he's playing for $5 million for a one-year contract with the Celtics. So he gambled on himself and lost – in that situation, though, the reason I bring it up is because that kind of stuff is entirely different than what we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. Like, that was all Schroeder's decision. I'm sure he had his agent advising him and whatnot, but that this is this is bad. I mean, <laughs> Rich Paul needs some sort of consequences for this. Yeah, and, well, but he's not necessarily a uh, an employee of the NBA, so it's not like the NBA can necessarily take action against them, but... I think too True. with the courts, uh, New Orleans isn't going to get that full fifty-eight million dollars because they're going to say, "Well, you agreed to do the prove it deal." But where that it is... goes wrong, where it goes wrong though, is where he actively ignored offers and interest from the 76ers, the Rockets, and the Clippers. Yeah, because even if it wasn't that fifty-eight million or that huge prize contract that Noel was seeking out, he was still getting offered more money. Like one of the reports too was that he was trying to get a seven to ten million dollar deal, which would have been better than the minimum. And that, again, Paul just didn't communicate. So, yeah, it's fucked. It's fucked. It dude. is fucked. It is very fucked. I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand what's going on, but I don't understand like why it, it happened. You know, I as a agent of that caliber, I feel like you should know that you're doing something wrong. Has, do you know or, if Rich Paul has like commented on the situation at all? No, I haven't heard anything. So I think the lawsuit just got filed. So yeah, it was very gonna, recent. Yeah, things probably aren't going to pick up for at least another month or two, because um, that's okay. just how things work. Um, I I just I'm kind of confused by it too, because it's just kind of like you think Paul would have a number of like assistant agents, I guess, if he has mm-hmm. his, because he didn't sign with the agency; he signed with Paul himself. Um, so and Paul works for Clutch Sports. Yeah. Yeah. That organization. But I mean, so, Paul is the head honcho. So yeah, he's the, he's the head. I mean, that guy, um, then he also represent a bunch of baseball players too, or is that a different super agent I'm thinking about? I don't know. Let's see list of rich Paul's clients. Let's see what we got. All right. So for the NBA, Tristan Thompson, Darius Garland, Miles Bridges, Draymond Green, John Wall, Anthony Edwards, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Yusuf Nurkic. Oh my God, bro. This dude represents everybody. That's what I'm saying. Oh God. We got a fucking ad blocker. God damn it. NBC Sports. All right. Gary Trent Jr., Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, it looks like just basketball players. But Jesus. Oh, he also represents LeBron, Anthony Davis, KCP, 
Montrez Harrell, Ben McLemore. Yeah, dude, he's holy shit. He has over 20 clients. Yeah, and they're all big name guys. I was thinking of Scott Boris, who's uh, like the MLB version of Rich Ball. Okay, yeah. Because he he represents guys like Bryce Harper and um, I don't know. I feel like anytime there's a $300 million man, it's Scott Boris negotiating the deal. Um, But anyway, yeah, so this is this is bad but i wonder what it's going to mean because it's going to be something big right like something's going to come out of this it's going to change the way that players negotiate contracts in the future yeah and it also kind of like the whole idea of um like the fact that agents can talk to other players while they're signed with a different agent you know what i mean because that was part of the problem is rich paul was contacting nerland's noel while he already was working with happy walters his agent and basically was telling him, like, look, you need to make this decision, fire this guy, sign with me, and I got you. And unbeknownst to Noel, Paul did not have him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that happens a lot. I think all agents do that. Um, they'll snipe other guys' clients all the time. Uh, but apparently other agents in the NBA are pretty fed up with it when it comes to Rich Paul because he's just the worst at it. He does. He abuses that power that he has, and because he can, because yeah. he been, when you represent guys like LeBron and Simmons and all those guys, like you, you kind of yeah, he has, he has the resume. Yeah, he has the resume. So, um, but apparently, like a whole bunch of other NBA agents are sick of him too. So, yeah, because it's weird. Like you know, NBA organizations and executives, they're not allowed to contact other players like you know to try and recruit them per se players can talk to players all they want but like executive unless it's like free you know free agency and stuff they can't like suede them to join their team after the season and whatnot like that is very frowned upon but yet for agents it's free game so that's kind of weird to me we got a comment here from colin though uh confirming the scott boris is the baseball agent people call him the antichrist (laughs) he's probably making a shit ton of money though all right yeah, crazy situation though with Noel. So if, if anything updates on that, we'll probably talk about it in the near future. But for now, that's probably what we got for um, basketball-wise. Uh, switching gears though, college football this weekend, as you probably already know. it's Week zero already happened, but now is officially week one. There's a full slate of games on the board. Uh, and we want to do something a little bit fun for college football. Dude, it's so stacked, bro. Oh, I can't. I, I, it was like overwhelming looking through all the lines. I didn't know what to look for. Um, my best so, bets that we're going to go through in a bit are kind of just first reaction. I didn't really put too much research in them. I got to double down on that. After but before this. we go into that, I do want to say last week we were talking about the pros and cons of the college football playoff. One mm-hmm. of the pros have been having really great week ones since college football playoff got indicted with the whole like strength, the resume and all that strength, the schedule like that, this, we did not, you see it matchups like this back in the day until this college football playoff came in, into, into play. Like yeah. Bama, Bama was playing fucking like, we won, you know? Yeah. A team, a team that would blow out by like 49. And meanwhile, um, now it's Miami, Alabama week one. So Which they that, don't even have to do it. What was that? I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. It's there's the lag right now. But um, not nah, in general though. Alabama and Miami. That's a fucking killer week one game. 
which is kind of brave on Miami's part. Because if I was them, I would never want to play Alabama week one. But like Elijah said, that is kind of what we've come to. And I love it. As a fan, I'm here for it. Um, I, I want to see other week one games. There's a few other massive games. Georgia and Clemson is a huge week one game. UCF Boise State is tonight. Uh, like I think right after we finish recording this, it's going to be starting. That's a pretty big game for the group of five. Um, what else? Pen- that's what? tonight? Yeah, UCF is tonight. UCF Boise State. Watch Dude, that. I know. There's a, there's I, a couple big games on tonight. I don't know who to bet for that though. I had you. I, I took UCF minus five and a half, but then the line changed to minus six and a half. So now I'm nervous. I don't know if I want to do it. Um, I, don't I feel know. like what's they're just the, gonna win by six and fuck me. Total what's is like total? seventy, bro. I I just I don't. I can never bet UCF over unders. <sighs> yeah, I know. That's I like. Know. I don't know. Before we get any bets, though, we're going to go ahead and take you through. We're going to build a college football-themed Mount Rushmore. And instead of doing just a a general, you know, top four athletes of all time type thing, we're going to split the Mount Rushmore up, and we're each going to take one coach, one quarterback, one flex player, so running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then one defender to make up our Mount Rushmore of college football. So – there's no fun visuals or anything going on right now. So if you're listening to the audio, uh, it's, it's chill. Good <laughs> but, for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. For starters, um, let's go ahead and take uh, coaches for our first pick. So who is okay. who would your Mount Rushmore coach be if you had to put one on there? Saban. Sa- called, yeah, Saban. Is a, okay, of course. that. See, I kind of went the more fun route. I was I was thinking just like personality and everything included. And I'm going to go with Mike Leach because he is one of the funniest human beings alive and just straight up weird. And I love it. Yeah, I um, I actually considered Mike Leach. If we were going to do nothing but coaches, I was like, I want to pick Mike Leach. Um, Steve Spurrier was another guy I considered uh, back in the day. Ray Patterson was another guy I considered because he means so much to us. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, well, he's Sabin. a great coach. Yeah, I, I had my list. I had like uh, Sweeney on there, Mike Leach, Gary Patterson, um, and Coach O from LSU. Oh, Coach O. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right. <laughs> QB. Yeah, QB, what do you got? I, um, I'm probably stealing your pick, but I'm going Tebow. Tebow? Okay. Now that, that would be my pick, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I want to do the same thing or be some some a little different. I mean, you could pick guys like Doug Flutie. That um, is my number two. Yeah. Mm. Who else would there be? No, nah, I'm gonna go with Flutie. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Doug. You're gonna Flutie. go with Flutie. Lamar Jackson would be a really good pick. Lamar Jackson is an all time. Yeah, that is true. Even like recently with like Johnny Menzel, Jameis Winston, they were. They are arguably two of the greatest college football Johnny quarterbacks Johnny Menzel was on my board. Jameis was on my board. I'm going to go did... uh, Doug Flutie just for the historical aspect. Doug Flutie, the Flutie flick. All right. And then yeah. you go ahead and take a – you can go ahead and take the first pick for flex. For flex? All right. See, this one was a lot harder because there's a lot of names. There's a lot of legends. I really didn't know whether I wanted to go with a running back or a wide receiver here. Um, there's not many legendary collegiate tight ends, um, so I kind of ruled that out. But yeah, hmm, I'm gonna go with 
for my flex, I'm going to take Ricky Williams because I think Ricky Williams, Ricky Williams. Yeah. I think he is one of the top five running backs of all time in college football. Top three, probably. Yeah. I'm curious who your pick is and I'll say who else I was considering. Um, I'm going Barry Sanders, all time purpose yards leader. Um, in Barry Sanders. Well, I think McCaffrey might've broke that actually. He may have. Um, Yeah. But Heisman winner, um, legend at OSU. Yeah, I'm going. I gotta go, Barry Sanders. He did everything. I, you can't go wrong with Barry Sanders. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few of my other options I had were uh, Ladainian Tomlinson because even though he is near and dear to our heart as TCU, he's still one of the greatest college running backs ever. Um, he broke a shit ton of records. Hey, <laughs> I also thought about Archie Griffin from Ohio State just because he is you know only player to win two Heisman's, and then for receiver I thought about Desmond Howard because he won the Heisman as a receiver, or uh, Michael Crabtree, because he's a fucking dog. Crabtree, yeah, I'll never forget that game. Yeah, um, dude, that, a lot of tough choices there. Yeah, there was a lot of tough choices. I also thought about McCaffrey himself, too. Um, receivers, uh, Devontae Smith is is yeah. like for just receivers. Yeah. Um, just because that one season. Um, yeah, all time-wise, he's up there. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Shockey, if you want to go tight ends. That, yeah, actually, Jeremy Shockey would probably be like the college tight end. Yeah, yeah. O.J. Um, Howard was pretty good at Alabama, too. O.J. Howard really didn't put up that many big numbers. I feel like he was the most overrated prospect going into the NFL because, like, they didn't really pass it to him. He was just an athletic freak, and he had, like, a couple big games. Yeah, so, he was like a big play machine. It was boomer bust st- for him. I would still take like Kellen Winslow Jr. or pretty much just like any tight end that was at the U in the early 2000s. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could even talk about uh, Florida had a few good tight ends, bro. Aaron Hernandez played for Aaron Florida. Hernandez, Shit. He was Aaron pretty Hernandez. good at Florida. Um, God, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, because there's so many great college players. You got Bo Jackson. Um. Herschel Walker would be. Oh, Herschel Walker. Back. Yeah, that's another one I that, didn't think about. That'd be a solid guy to pick. Um, we could probably make a Mount Rushmore just out of the flex players. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. All right. So, so no, far, I mean, there's, there's so many. So, so far, I got Mike Leach, um, Doug Flutie, and I already forgot Ricky Williams. And you have. Saban, Tebow, and uh, who's the last one you just picked? Barry. Barry Sanders. All right. All right. Pretty good list so far. So to round it out, we're going to do one defensive player because I feel like defenders kind of get left out of these conversations. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll go ahead and pick first. I'm going to take hmm, – it's between two. But I'm going to go with uh, – Fuck, this is tough. For actually, I'm gonna let you pick. I'm gonna let you pick because <laughs> I'm fifty-fifty. Charles Woodson. Okay. Yeah. He was not. He was not in my fifty-fifty. So okay. I'm gonna cool. go. I'm gonna go. Deion Sanders. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But neither one you can't go wrong with. I mean, no. Yeah. Who's gonna be your other guy? Jadavion Clowney. Oh, he just had one play. <laughs> Bro, he was killer in college. <laughs> he was ruthless. I I would take honestly. I would take Chase Young in college over Jadavion Clowney. Uh, maybe. 17 sacks, bro, in college maybe. In the season. Come on, that's true, actually. 
I don't know though. That one play of Jadavion Clowney, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's just the play one of the coolest him. plays ever. If we did Mount Rushmore of college football plays, I'd be on there. That's true. Well, I mean, that's why I didn't pick him. I went with Deion but, Sanders. Yeah, good, good call, good call. Um, who else would there be, man? It's so, it's so tough. The Boz would be another. The Boz, yeah, dude. Yeah, I was considering him too. Um, not even for the talent, just because of the meme aspect. Well, Andy was actually really good. Oh yeah, he would have been really good in the pros if he didn't have the shoulders of an eighty-year-old man. Dude, Manti Teo. I mean, Manti Teo. Everybody memes about him, but he was a Heisman contender as a linebacker. That's sure. one of the recent guys. He was really good. Um, well, most of the guys I feel like are defensive ends. JJ Watt was fucking killer at Wisconsin. JJ Watt. There's a um, lot of a lot of big guys in the front seven in college. Yeah, it's just hard because like you don't really remember a bunch of the greatest defensive college players as when as college players you kind of think of them as nfl and then retroactively then back into college so it's a little bit you're right the list. like even like charles woodson and Deion sanders we picked them for a college mount rushmore but they are much more famous for their nfl careers it's just well, charles they woodson were, did win heisman no i was just about to say but i mean they did literally kill it in college they were like the best of the best yeah i mean Deion sanders to florida state like completely altered the way recruiting was done because he was like the first true superstar of college football. That's true. He just That's he just true. got whatever the fuck he wanted, dude. Literally. So yeah, to uh to recap our Mount Rushmore, I closed out with Mike Leach, Doug Flutie, Ricky Williams, and Deion Sanders. And Elijah closed out with Nick Saban, Tim Tebow, Barry Sanders, and Charles Woodson. So I'd say you can't really go wrong with either one of those Mount Rushmores. That, that was pretty fucking good, if you ask me. Yeah, there's so well, many. There's we also so many different ways. It was uh, it's pretty easy to get away with the good one when you only have uh, uh, two guys. Yeah, two of us doing it. Yeah, yeah. We were we were trying to see if we could finagle um a few guests to come on last minute because this was a a little bit last minute planned. We're still getting used to the Tuesday Thursday format, but oh, we still wanted to do it anyway, just with us two. So maybe next time we do something like this, I'm sure I want to do a draft soon. Like another kind of hypothetical draft like we did with the sports movies. That was a lot of fun. Oh, um, that's that's great for social media too. I gets a lot I, of comments and everything. I'll never get enough of drafting shit like that. Yeah, it's so fun. I could do it. I could do it. I could do one an episode easily. It's like it's like the rush you get when drafting for fantasy football. Kind I had my not fantasy see, football draft last night. Not to the same extent. One. Oh, how'd but that yeah. one go? Oh, dude, I killed it. My team, the my friends are idiots. Do you hear my team? Actually, real quick. Yeah, I was about to say who's uh your running backs and wide receivers. I want to hear. So quarterbacks were going like candy the first couple rounds. So I just kept on collecting all my all the all the skill position players. But I got Stafford as QB, Eckler and James Robinson as my running backs. DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Lockett, uh, New England defense. Jason Myers is my kicker. Michael Thomas, Ooh. Jamal Williams, Corey Davis, Michael Carter, Tony Pollard, Jameis Winston, Brian Edwards. Ooh, damn. This is a 12-man league, by the way. <laughs> oh, damn, bro. <laughs> That's pretty fire. Yeah. Tyler Lockett is your wide receiver three. Yeah. And you got Corey Davis on the bench. <laughs> Fucking, that's pretty crazy. I should have, and Michael Thomas, I should have drafted Trey Sermon over Corey Davis, but I thought I could get both, and then I didn't. I was like, shit. But I think Corey Davis is the better pick. 
Yeah, but I, I need more know. running backs. But whatever. This on the moving on. We've done a lot. We've done enough fantasy. <laughs> enough fantasy. All right. Yeah, we already talked about some of the biggest games for college football, but now let's get into some of our favorite <laughs> bets. So let's let's hit, hit the big games first. Um, so for Alabama in Miami, I am gonna make the bold decision to bet against Alabama. Um, I'm not very excited to do this, but I want to throw money on this game because it's prime time. Everybody's going to be watching it. Uh, And I think the U is back. I don't think they're back to their glory days in the 90s, but I think people can start throwing up the U with pride now. They're going to have at least a nine-win season because getting past Alabama is not going to happen. That's a free loss. But plus 19, 19 19-point underdogs, I think they can cover that. I think they can get away with an 18-point loss here. That's that's what I'm really reaching for. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, if I were to have action on this game, I would probably lean towards Miami. But the reason why I didn't is because, A, I don't want to bet against Bama. I'm so scared. It's it's scary. It's tough. Um, remember when Notre Dame was 19-point underdogs in the college football playoff last year? Bro, but it's Notre Dame. Yeah, that's true, actually. I was nervous then, too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, but I also, like, I could see Bama just, like, it's crazy to think that Bama could win by three scores against Miami here, 17 points, and still not cover the spread. So, like, for that, like, I think 19 points is decent. It's decent play. But it's yeah, it's hard, so, like, I just, I, I, I'm personally going to stay away with it. Frankly. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason the odds makers set it this high, because Bama's probably going to win by at least a possession or two. Um, but yeah, that is, it's a bit of a cushion. That's why I'm siding with Miami. Moving on next big game though. Other biggest game is probably Georgia Clemson this weekend. What's, what's your play on that one? Um, I'm going with the over at 15 and a half. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I think 15 and a half is way too low of an over under total for college football. Um, especially when it comes to week one, when defense or defenses are known to be um, still a little, they're not, they're not mid season form at all. You know, point, if we learned anything from last season, points fly at the beginning of the year. Um, so yeah, keep that hammer this over. There's, this is two really good offenses. Yeah. This is going to be two really good defenses, but it's going to be a competitive game. So 50 and a half for a college football game with these two caliber offenses is not much to ask for hammer it. I was, I was very surprised to see that it was set this low because you're right. They do have two great defenses. Everybody's been hyping up Georgia's defense all off season, but man, Clemson goes out there and they just put up points no matter who it's against. Like yep. literally any defense they can rip through. And I know it's DJ Ugalele's first official game as a starting quarterback, even though he played against Notre Dame last year. I have full faith in him. I think he's going to go off. He's going to shred through that defense. I love that play of over. And with that being said, I'm, pl- I'm taking the over 50 and a half as well as Clemson minus three. I, I don't see any shot of Clemson losing week one. So I would say that minus three is a fucking gift of a line. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's going to be a good team this year, though. They are. They are going to be a good team. But I was expecting this line to be like minus six and a half, which would have been really hard True. to pick. But minus True. three, I'm taking Clemson. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fucking Clemson. What else do you have to say about it? Yeah, if I were to take action, I'd probably go Clemson, but I just, I instead decided to just bet on the total. 
I, I think that is the I'm gonna put like two units on the total probably and mm-hmm. maybe one on the spread because yeah now mm-hmm. the more we talk about it the more I like the over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I like a unit and a half. A unit and a half. All right. What's now? What's your other uh, favorite play? So I have two units on UNC five and a half minus five and a half over Virginia Tech. Okay. UNC is gonna come out firing. Sam Howell wants that Heisman. I I know he does. Uh, he's lights out. UNC is going to be out to prove something this year after a really good season last year. Um, Virginia Tech had a good season last year too, but I just think UNC's offense is going to be too much for him. Yeah, their offense is just crazy firepower. Even after losing Javante Williams and Deami Brown, they're yeah. still going to be putting up crazy numbers. Yeah, Sam Howell, I hope he goes and gets the Heisman, bro. I would mm-hmm. love to see Sam Howell win the Heisman. Um, I'm. Is this at Virginia Tech or is it at UNC? I think it's at Virginia Tech, right? I don't even know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but the only the reason with, I'm nervous, VT is a tough place to play. Yeah, but I just think they're the right team. And also, too, it's like I with the spread, um, it being at five and a half instead of like three or something like that, is I don't see this as a game where many field goals are going to be kicked because their offense is so good. They're going to keep going for it on fourth down a lot. It's probably going to be like a 49 to 35 type game. Yeah. Knowing UNC. Yeah, UNC's yeah. overs last year was just so fucky, man. Like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to pay attention to them. I'm scared to bet certain teams over unders. Like UCF is another one of them because they're always Volta. set at like, yeah, ultra high. It's I like yeah, they're can't. super high, but like they can definitely hit. Like, exactly. I remember uh, UTOU and it was at like 75, and everyone was like, "Dude, hit the under," and it went to like 90 points. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, because especially if you're like. You always want to root for points, right? But it's a bit more stressful whenever it's the first quarter and you're like, shit, I still have 70 more points to go. <laughs> like, it's like, just okay, not easy. It's seven to 10, and this is not the right pace. <laughs> yeah, dude. Every time I have an over under, I keep the pace in my head. I'm like, all right, well, if they score a field goal, this possession will be fine. Or like, if they score a touchdown here, everything's okay. But uh, it just never works out exactly how you hope it does. All right. What's your next pick? Hmm. My next one, this, I actually have a lot of plus money, like underdog picks right now. So I'm going to go ahead and give a two for one special just because these are non uh, power five teams. I'm taking Northern Iowa plus 31 and a half against Iowa state. UNI is their kryptonite. Iowa state has struggled against them twice in the past. They almost got upset a decade ago. Um, and I'm not a Iowa state football historian by any means, but 31 and a half points is a lot to win by regardless of who you're playing. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of a little upset feeling here. I don't think you and I is going to win, but I think they'll play Iowa state a lot tougher than people think they will. And then my next one is San Jose state. One of my favorite teams from last year to bet. They went from the gutters to being mountain West champions undefeated. And now they're arguably a top 25 team. Uh, So I'm taking San Jose state plus 16 against the biggest phonies in the fucking country, USC. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I um, I realized after I made all my picks this week and looking at all the lines that I've only bet favorites this week, which kind of scares me, but like I'm pretty confident in the picks that I've taken. Though. Dude, I tend to uh, do that too, though. It's like natural. I don't know why. Well, usually I'm, I'm a big dog. I'm a big dog guy. I love betting dogs. I feel like I, I every time I don't know I'll like look through the lines and I'll get done with them and I'll be like oh eight uh, I eight out of these ten spreads I picked are favorites huh it's 
probably not great, but I don't know why. Like, I just seem to always be more drawn to the the favorite for the spread. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's hard not to because it's usually the better team is why. But, yeah, yeah. You know, but I kind of made it up to myself in my head. I was like, well, you know, I did get away with a Illinois money line last week, so maybe I should go back to the dogs. Dude, uh, I mean, Illinois. go back to the favorites. <laughs> I got a pick for you, actually. I don't know if. Uh... I don't know if you've seen the Illinois line or not yet, bro, but it's free money. Illinois is playing UTSA, Texas, San Antonio, and Illinois is only five-point favorites. Like, if they can beat Nebraska by two possessions, they can – or no, it was only a touchdown at the end. But still, they can handle UTSA, bro. Five points? Are you kidding me? That's free money. I'm hammering that one. That's easy. Um. And then, so I have Texas A&M minus 29 over Kent State. I know that's a lot of points, but it's an SEC team versus a MAC team. Maction, baby. The Kent most State electric isn't even league that good. in football. Yeah. Kent State isn't even that good in the Maction. So, uh, and it's really good. That's just, they're going to come out firing week one. And I see this as like a 50-point game. And they're home. Um, and UT, University of Texas, minus eight over University of Louisiana. Um, they're going to come out firing with Sark, first game of head coach. They're not going to get upset. I don't see it happening week one, especially against the Raging Cajuns. I wouldn't sleep on the Raging Cajuns, bro. I really wouldn't. I don't know. I Maybe I'm just biased because I fucking despise UT with all of my heart. But <laughs> the Raging Cajuns were a decent team last year. They were a top 25 team. I think they finished uh, with one loss, and that was to a Power 5 school. But I, you're right, UT should definitely win that game. But they do kind of have a history of opening up the season on a rocky start. Like, you know, they, yeah. they dropped a game to Maryland a few years ago in week I one. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This so is true. I, don't, I, think, I think that's a good pick. I, I'm just too nervous to bet on Texas. I think for those reasons is why the line isn't as big as it probably should be. Um, you're right i was surprised that one. like odds makers didn't favor texas more because they tend to suck their dick a little bit yeah but this is just uh i i just see sark coming out firing week one sark is sark is a head coach that's had experience and i think he's going to handle the head coaching position at ut really well um it'll be interesting and, to see how that works out yeah yeah i think it's a redemption story because i him coming back from like addiction issues which is like uh really admirable in my opinion it's like a thing for me um so I, I just I'm rooting for him actually to like be good at UT. So I could I could say I like Steve Sarkeesian and I, I do root for his personal success, but I don't know if I can root for <laughs> UT to be good, bro. I just yeah, that can't. is tough. That is tough. And then um my last pick of the week, who I have, I have two units on again, is uh Baylor minus fourteen over Texas State. Texas State is the worst college football program in the state when it comes to the D1 sports. Um, they are so fucking bad. Baylor isn't that good either, but they're still a par five team who has, you know, at least some resemblance of talent, and they're going to kick yeah. Texas State's ass. They, actually, <laughs> I'm probably going to take that pick too now that you mention it. Yeah, and especially because it's at Texas State, but for Baylor, that's literally a 30-minute bus trip over. So no, that's like- no big deal. It's like two and a half hours. From Waco to San Marcos? Yeah, San Marcos is south of Austin, bro. I know, but it's like 30 minutes south, right? Yeah. 
so I guess like an hour and a half, maybe. I don't know. Waco's like an hour and a half, two hours from Austin. I don't know. Regardless, it's not not that bad of a road trip for Baylor. Yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. well, nobody goes to Texas State games. I know people that go to Texas State. Nobody goes there for football games because they're terrible and they've been they terrible two and ten for a every very year. long time. Yeah, they're awful. So this is easy money. I I have a a play like I think I have sixty bucks on Texas State under four and a half wins this season, which is <laughs> a lock in my opinion. But we'll see how that works out. I've never thrown three units on a future bet, let alone a, a group of five future bets. So we'll see how that one pans out. But no, I really like that that Baylor pick a lot, which I hate betting on Baylor, but that is, you got to use your brain more than your heart when you're sports gambling. So for sure. uh, my last picks uh, for this weekend, my last pick is West Virginia minus three at Maryland. Uh, I think West Virginia it has a, a great, well-rounded team. They're not one of the best offenses, not one of the best defenses, but man, they are solid on all ends of the field. Jared Doge is a great game managing quarterback. Letty Brown, I think is one of the most underrated running backs in all of college football. So uh, West Virginia minus three really isn't that too, too much to ask for. And Maryland is kind of a struggling team recently. So they have, they have tag of Viola's brother. Yeah, I was about to say they got two of his little brother. They got tag of Viola's brother, but uh, he, he doesn't seem to be as special as two so far. So, I'm going to stick with the Mountaineers there. And then also I forgot to mention tonight uh, for Thursday night, I'm taking Ohio State minus seven in the first half because I think they cover pretty easy. Yeah, a lot of people are on Ohio State right now. I'm just 14 points against Minnesota. Minnesota just has a really good offense. And so that's why I kind of stayed away from maybe the first half bet is worthy. That's, I might, I might that's what I'm only taking the first half. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not waiting the I'm whole not, game. I might tell you on that, honestly. Yeah, I, I like that. I only put one unit on it, but I like the, the I love first half bets. Like if there's ever a spread where I'm like, ooh, that's too much. I'm kind of nervous to, you know, that they'll cover it. I, I just always t- stick with the first half. And a lot of times it works out. Other times it fucks me. But I like the strategy. All right, well, that's, that's all of our best bets, I think, for this weekend. So, I mean, you want to tail us, you want to fade us, that's up to you, but... It's going to be a good week in the betting. I'm fucking excited, dude. I can't wait to just be glued to the TV all day Saturday. And tonight even, bro. Ohio State's playing. Boise State, UCF. We'll be on the road. I feel like a kid in a kid. Yeah, I got to work tonight, but whenever I get back, the games will be on. So Yeah, I'm driving up up back to Fort Worth today after we record to a home for this weekend. Oh, you're coming today? Okay. Yeah, we decided to come tonight. That that, all right. Let's hit some love it or low that round out this episode. Let's do it. Um, right. You want to take? I we have one, two, three, four. We got seven. seven. Here, I'll um, end real quick. Um, all right. What do you want first? Do you want you to go first or second? Um, I'll take the first ones. Okay. Because I know you probably want to talk about uh, uh, uh yeah. Bryson. All right, let's do it. Okay, so Netflix is producing a Drive to Survive-like series for the upcoming PGA season. I love this one. Um, It's awesome that Netflix is getting more involved with sports. Uh, They recently had a series on the F1 
which I did not watch myself, but I want to because I've heard a lot of people said that just watching the Netflix show really helped them get more involved in F1 and more of a fan of F1. So I think this is a great way to reach a younger audience, reach a completely new audience for the sport. So I, I, I love this. I hope they do this with more sports down the line. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you just said. I know so many people that are big F1 fans now because they watched the Drive to Survive during the pandemic. Dude, I, I got to watch it, bro, because F1 is one of those things I've been meaning to get into. Yeah, apparently it's awesome. For, so, from the people that watch it that I've talked to, they all love it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Mark Davis is building a new $14 million mansion, and it is badass. Looks eerily similar to the uh, Death Star that is Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> Wait, really? <clears throat> it's awesome. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to load this one just because – not the biggest fan of Mark Davis, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, the Big 12 is looking to add some new schools to the conference in order to stay alive. Right now, they're looking at UCF, University of Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati. So I loathe this one, but I want to talk about it for a little bit. Um, I think this is entirely the wrong move. Without a question, this is the wrong direction the Big 12 should be going. The Big 12 should be looking at straight up exploding, dissolving, ceasing to exist. Um, if they care about their programs, that is what they will do. I understand they're trying to make money as a conference. They're trying, trying to stay relevant, yada, yada. But these teams like TCU, Oklahoma State, they're going to be fucked financially if uh, this is what happens. And the Big 12 will lose a ton of respect, like a ton. They will be viewed as a glorified group of five conference with those teams. So I mean, even though those aren't bad teams to add to the conference, it's Pac-12 or bust uh, for TCU in particular, and everybody else needs to scramble. So that's yeah. my philosophy, at least. So I think that's just I, dumb. I agree. Um, we, but with those teams, we would easily be the best conference of, like, the new group of six. Which I, yeah. would be, like, it would be okay. It, yeah. I'd rather, I'd, rather us, I'd rather us go to, like, the Pac-12 or something like that. But, um that would be that would turn into like a decent conference. It would be decent, and I mean, you're right. UCF is on the right trajectory. I'm sure if they joined a bigger conference, that would help a lot with recruiting and stuff like that. But same thing with Cincinnati; they've been trending in the right direction. Uh, BYU too. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, but yeah, no, you're right though. They're just still, even if they're doing good, they're just their competition has always been lackluster. So who's to say that they come in? into a, a power five conference and, and retain that success, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> SMU is starting the season with a six foot eight, 232 pound kicker. Oh, I absolutely love this one. It's one of the most obscure stories I've seen in recent days. Um, but that's fucking awesome, dude. Good for that kid. Georgia tech uh, had that one fat punter. I forgot his name. Percy Harvin, I think. Um, and everybody loves him. He's in the NFL now. Uh, everybody loved that dude just strictly because he was a big chungus going out there to punt. Um, and now we're going to see probably somebody built like Tyson Fury out there taking kicks for SMU. So that'll be hilarious to watch. I, I want to see if he's uh, actually good or not. Yeah, apparently he's booming like 74 yarders. Well, I mean, if he's if he's that size, he's got to have a cannon, bro. Uh, uh, yeah, you have to. Okay. Uh, all right, switching then- gears now. You can read the the top part. I can explain the other stuff. 
right. Uh, well, first ones first. The Buccaneers have reached a 100% oh. vaccination status, according to Bruce Arians. Um, yeah, I love this. I can't believe that it makes sense that they're the first team to do it because um, they want to run it back so desperately. And so they don't want to lose anybody to COVID and have them going out. And also Bruce Arians has been very outspoken for players getting the vaccine. So it makes sense. But 100% is... It's impressive. Um, yeah, it's impressive. All right. Next up, we got Bryson DeChambeau had another tough weekend. Yeah, so uh, on Friday, he almost got to 60. Um, or he almost hit a 59, which is tied for the best score in golf for a single round. Um, but then he missed the putt by inches. He then lost the BMW Championship in the sixth, in the sixth round of a sudden death playoff series of holes um, to Patrick Cantley. And then it's also very apparent that Patrick Cantley doesn't fucking like Bryson DeChambeau, by the way his body language was. And on top of that, Roy McIlroy was asked about DeChambeau, and he went on like a two-minute um, spiel about how he feels bad for him. He literally said, I feel bad for him. And then he went Why, to though? Um, just because he catches so much shit, you know? by everyone and he also said um but he also said he's definitely not blameless in some of the stuff that goes on with him though but i do feel bad for him yeah so I just mean, that yeah you don't want just to just have it like a titty baby don't be a titty baby that's true but like just to have a guy Rory, like that statue of Rory, just be like yeah i pity he literally said he pities bryson DeShanda. like that's got to be embarrassing that's got to be tough for uh bryson to hear that yeah <laughs> Dude, he gets so much shit from the public. It's kind of funny, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next up, we got Logan Paul turns down a guy begging him for a job at the Jake Paul fight. Okay. I love this. Did you see this video? I saw the video of the dude crying in his car. Yes. So funny. He's like, I make $100,000 a year. And like, why would you ever leave that? Yeah, he's like, I have too. dreams, bro. It's like... Well, a lot of people dream of making 100k a year. So yeah, I would, I would do a lot of things to make 100k a year. Are you kidding me? Um, so yeah, that's it's just hilarious. And like, um, if you go to see the video of him talking to Logan Paul, Logan Paul is like actually really cool. Um, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, I, I want to be, want to be like you. Like, I want to make it. Like, can I have a job? And he's like, what are your skills? And he's like, I don't have any. And he goes, why would I hire you? <laughs> and he was like and then he said something else like um well like yeah i don't have any contacts like i don't have any friends and he was like i don't have any contacts either i'm my brother jake but we made it and then he goes he goes he's like you don't have any friends he's like no i don't have any friends he's like you're good looking this guy's lying he has friends and he walks away <laughs> guys Dude, that's, what like what do you expect to happen though if you just say that and then you're like yeah i have no skills give me a job like what that's yeah. weird. All right. And then yeah, the, last but not least, um, Cristiano Ronaldo returns to the number seven at Manchester United. We talked about his return to Man U, but he's back at the number seven. Yep. Love it. It's cool to see him back in the number seven. Excited to see him in the EPL again. Not much more on that. Yep. It is what it is with that. It is what it is. 
All right, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. It's weird now I can't really say this week's episode anymore because we have two episodes a week. So if you didn't watch the entire live episode, don't worry. Uh, The recorded version will be uploaded to Spotify and Apple Podcasts shortly after this. Um, So with that being said, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday.